power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello and welcome to episode 6 now of Just Like in the Movies, halfway through series 1 already. It's brought to you by gkmedia.ie, providing digital content to marketing solutions for SMEs throughout Ireland and the UK. Spread the word. Every week we explore what is happening in the Irish film industry and beyond. Not too much happening in the Irish film industry this week. Everything is really happening across the waters at Cannes. So we're kind of going all French on this week's podcast. I'm your host, Gary Kelly, and uh, joining me as usual in the Loft Studios here in Galway City is Lisa Tracy. Bonjour. And Kieran Dorian. Ça va? <laughs> yeah, merci. <laughs> so uh, the two movies that we are going to be talking about today is Intebe and Redoable. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Redoubtable. Oh, I'm even good. saying it wrong. Redoubtable. Oh, no, that gives me shivers. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in honor of the Cannes Film Festival, we're going a little bit French this week, and uh, because everyone well, fifty percent French, and the other one is German slash Israeli slash. There's an Air France plotline. Okay, we're going mainland Europe. Oh yeah, there's an Air France plotline. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. But the problem is because. Everyone is basically a can this week. Uh, we don't have a special guest. So we're going back into the good old archives again. And I'll be playing an interview later that I did a few years ago with the amazing actress Jessica Lang, who I met in what was then the Radisson Blue Hotel in Galway. It's now the Galmont Hotel. And she did a wee bit of shopping in the treasure chest and a few oh. other shops in Galway City. But she was kind of having a moment where she was thinking of just giving up acting altogether. Wow. She was just getting a little bit fed up. Up. And then she went on to do the American Horror Story oh. and her career kind of completely resurged. resurged again. Wow. Yeah. This was at the time as well when Barack Obama was putting himself forward for nomination to be president of America. And what she talks about then politically in America is pretty much the same conversation they're having today. So that's coming up in a little bit. First off, though, we're going to have a chat about Intebe. The Germans hijacking a plane load of Israelis, Jews. How do you think the world's going to react? You know, the only thing that we have to face is the fact that German people cannot analyze the conflict in the Near East because we are all paralyzed by guilt. West Germany is a fascist society, Juan Pablo. Perhaps it doesn't appear so to you, but those who are in charge are the same ones who were in charge under Nazism. And their guilt has provided the funds which have allowed Israel to develop into an imperialist military base. We can't just read these books. We need to become them. Annihilation is for adolescents. There's a right of revolution against political oppression and social injustice. You are not oppressed. You have a business. There's a right of revolution against capitalism. You are a capitalist, a bourgeois. We all are. If that is what you think, then we have to act. And we have to act now. I do not know what you are scared of, Juan Pablo. I am not scared of anything. But maybe you should be. I only fear a life without meaning. There you go. That's a clip, Life Without Meaning, taken from the new movie in Tebe, which is out in cinemas at the moment, starring uh, one of my favorite actors, Daniel Bruhl. I was only watching him last night, actually, in a movie I recorded on St. Stephen's Day 2016. Last up. 18 months later, I finally got to see the movie Rush. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a great movie. That's it's a really great good. movie. It's very exciting. Very loved good. it, loved it, loved it. Karen, give us the spiel. What's it about? 
Yeah, it's a political thriller uh, slash hostage hostage uh, rescue film based on the real-life events where two uh, left-wing political terrorists, uh, based on a true story in 1976... Or freedom fighters. Or freedom fighters. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. <laughs> hijacks uh, an Air France plane and holds the hostages to ransom and demand the Israeli government uh, release, I think it's like 53 political prisoners that are being held by the Israeli government. And they land the plane in Entebbe, uh, which is in Uganda. So then they are escorted off the plane into the terminal. And over the space of seven days, there is a hostage standoff. Why? So it's like a, while the Israeli government try to figure out a way to either negotiate, which they don't do notoriously with hostage, mm. and at the same time kind of mount a covert uh, operation to either rescue them or defuse the situation. At the same time, the terrorists responsible for it are German Marxists, and they're starting to slowly realise that they may be pawns in a much larger game. Class. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Great movie. I liked it. Did you not? I'm so glad you liked it because <laughs> I, really, I really, I really liked it too. Yeah, good. It was like on kind of a edge of your seat kind of stuff. Completely. I was watching of clips yeah. of the movie because the distributors send them on, and like these clips are only you get a selection of them, but they're maybe up to three minutes long. But there was one particular scene, and I was on the edge of my seat yeah. watching it, and I didn't even know the full backstory yet at that stage. Yeah, it was really, really good. I was very impressed. Yeah, it starts at a very fast pace. There's there's a, a quick musical interpretive dance number that's terrific. It's that it brilliant. Opened. Yeah, it's very disarming. I don't even like interpretive dance. <laughs> I, I, do, <laughs> I do now, definitely. And it kind of disarms you, but it sort of sets the tone for the, the kind of pace that it's about to happen. And once the hijacking begins, and I did, it's surprising as well that it's sort of the hijacking is taken from the point of view of, of the sort of the terrorists themselves. Mm. And once it begins, it's very thrilling and it is edge of the seat stuff right right to the end. It didn't seem to take in a huge amount of money now in, in America back in Not March. surprising, it's American. Yeah, it's getting mixed reviews as well. Mm, that's because it's American, they don't recognise Palestine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it is very interesting that, I, I mean, I was just reading news stories on my phone about what was kind of transpiring in, in, in Gaza and then you go into a film that's directly addressing the issue and it, it's obviously it's so complicated and some of the film is a little ham-fisted in its geopolitical kind of handling of it but it's quite earnest and I think it's hearts in the right place and it, it's very, very complicated. I hope it does get people talking. I remember mm. a few years ago I was over in Israel myself and I met up with a man born and bred in Tel Aviv an Israeli Jew, and he brought me around different parts of Jerusalem and he was pointing out various cafes where Jewish people had been shot dead by Palestinians and very much angry, if not anti-Palestinian. And then a different part of the week, I got to go through kind of the Palestinian area where they had all, they were kind of in these, they were like caves or something and that's where they operated their little trade from with the various shops they had. And the minute that they heard we were Irish, they all started chanting, hey, hey, IRA, hey, hey, IRA. No way. Which was very weird and slightly uncomfortable. But they saw the Irish or the IRA uh, as um, freedom fighters with, you know, forced occupation by the British government. But it was very interesting to see the two different sides, Mm. two different worlds. Yeah, Mm. within basically one strip of land. 
and as we know, currently going on in the news today, it's become a big issue. The Taunish has called in the Israeli ambassador to Ivy House over the number of Palestinians killed in recent days. This is going back to an event that took place in 1976, and uh, we're still talking about it, I guess. It's current, and it, in one way, it just shows how, how little the situation has changed over the years. And as I say, I do think the film, it's got its heart in its right place because without again giving it away the overall message of the film is that, that we need negotiations you need peace violence begets violence mm-hmm. and the cir- the cycle will just p- keep Continue. repeating itself yeah, yeah. but I, not a, it's not a preachy film the the thriller aspect and the kind of taut nature of it keeps it entertaining it's like the subtext is there and obviously the context of, of the political situation is there but it, it's never it, it's a great hostage drama yeah is it a movie people need to see do you think to refresh their memories, maybe? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it's very entertaining. You go in and it's very, very exciting. And mm. then I learned a lot from watching it. I, I it's, It certainly works as a great jumping off point for you to find find out more. And in terms of other sort of hijack movies? It's not cheesy in any sense. It's not like, oh, this is the hero and they're going to save the day. There's none of that. Mm. No, no. Not a bit of it. Even Even the soldiers... You know, they're like, they've, they're flawed. Yeah. You know, but they don't go in all gung-ho either. They're like, they're getting ready and they're, you see the training and all that kind of stuff. Not that, we, not that I'm giving it away, but Jesus, if you, if you know your history, you know what happened there. But um, it was pretty intense and there was, no, there was no kind of Hollywood kind of niche hostage drama about it at all. Yeah, it's it's just it's very, it was very cerebral or something. Yeah, it was. It certainly mm. avoids a lot of those cliches, but while at the same time trying to trying to be entertaining on that. So yeah. I think it was very good in that regard. Well, last week the stars aligned because you agreed on not one but two movies that we you sure enjoyed. did. They seem to have aligned again so far this week. I think so. Go on, you go, you show. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I'm going to give it a four out of five too. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. no bother. I was going to edge him up with four and a half. <laughs> four, because I'm not being that generous. But it was, do you know what it was great to see? was like a movie that didn't have 10,000 people as the producers. Because I think there was maybe three production companies. And it wasn't like the opening credits weren't like, oh, it was this company. It was that company. It was this company. I'm sick of those films. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like people get your stuff together and... <laughs> Proper we just want to see the movie. We just want to see the movie and stop <laughs> showing the credits or whatever. Yeah, and a problem with films like that, each one of those production companies will have their own voice, which will end up in the script. Yeah. So, mm. the, you know, the film is, it does take a political view and I think it sticks with it. So I think if you've got a lot of production companies, they're like, no, you need to sanitize that down or, mm. you know, you, you can't pick that person like that because, you know, we have we have shareholders in, in yeah. X place, you know. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, it's... That really adds to it. Definitely. I thought we were great before because we did a European co-production with the Irish Film Board and Euromage and five other countries from Europe. What was the movie? Some of the stories it was called. It was with five former countries from Yugoslavia and it featured five female directors, each from one of the countries. And uh, it was kind of like an omnibus of short films, but they kind of interweaved in amongst each other. Wow. But then I met a producer a few years ago. I think she was Danish. And she made a movie which had 25 different production companies or networks involved. (laughs) Imagine the organization involved in that. Oh, God, you'd love to be the production coordinator on that one. Imagine the egos. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Imagine the accountant. God, frazzled. (laughs) Yeah. 
Anyways, that is Entebbe getting a four out of five across the board unanimous there mm. this week. Before we head to the next movie, let's just take one more clip from Entebbe. I want to throw bombs into the consciousness of the masses. And what if you have to throw a real bomb, my friend? Have you killed? You think you can do it? You choose to pick up arms and fight. You choose to come here. You could have a nice life in Europe. I wish I had your life. I would not pick up a gun. Only people with nothing understand. The Jews understand. When your people massacred them, the ones who survived had nothing. They brought their dead to Palestine. They brought their shame and humiliation. They did what was done to them, to us. But I didn't do it to them. You did it to them. You are here because you hate your country. I'm here because I love mine. Okay, I decided to feature two clips from Entebbe this week because our next movie is a French-speaking movie. It's grand if you are fluent in French or even have a basic knowledge of it. Mine's well gone now since I did my leave insert. So it's very hard to play a clip from our next movie. Oui. Unless you speak French, as I say. (laughs) Granted, watching the movie, it's subtitled in English, so you'll have no problem. But here, just to prove it's in French (laughs) and what it sounds like, we play about 10 seconds for you. Alors, vous êtes content? Ah oui, très. Elle est formidable. Elle amène une fraîcheur et une spontanéité. Elle nourrit le film de sa jeunesse. Je suis émerveillé. Je suis émerveillé par toi, Anne. Okay, that is a brand new movie, our French movie of the week. And Lisa, I'm not going to try and pronounce it again. Redoutable. Very good. Merci beaucoup. Uh-huh. I, lo- I love the look of this movie. It's about Jean-Luc Godard. Yeah. Uh, it just, this screener I got of it just made me fall in love with French cinema again and brought yeah. me back to those glorious days in GMIT studying film and television. Good memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where <laughs> I thought I could just take over the world. Absolutely. And be the household name. <laughs> and the toast of Cannes. Yeah. I, I loved it. What did you think? I loved it. Mm. I thought it was class. I love I love French cinema anyway, so it's like it's hard to find it. I think it's hard to find a bad French movie if it's going to get an international release. It's going to have to be good. And this one was that. It was like basically the story about Jean-Luc Godard, the famous French Nouvelle Vague director, new wave for anybody who doesn't speak from Francais. And uh, in his uh, relationship with his wife, I think she was probably his first wife at that stage. And uh, she is like the epitome of the French ingenue. And he is the epitome of a French nouveau director that is just so in his head and so kind of caught up with the revolution and trying try not to become... Hollywood or anything like that and he was just he just he negated all his previous works and he was just like well everything I did was crap like before this and and it was just I thought that's what I got from the movie Mm. that he was trying to like get away from his past and he was trying to be like he only respected what the young people thought and I was like dude not all of them think the right thing but Mm. you know it was uh, it was a time when the young people were revolutionizing the cinema and the world and they were the they were the ground force they were aligning with the workers of the day and there was a revolution in france in 1968 a cultural revolution to us should i say not a really a political mm. one yeah and then uh can was kind of disbanded that year and it was it was all very dramatic but uh he, i think he eventually got over it he's still making movies 
He's still yeah. alive. <laughs> well, for people who might be saying, I don't know, what the, is this movie for me? We have to say that this is from the director who brought us The Artist. Yes. Which if you say, oh, look, it, it's about the silent era of filmmaking yeah. in, in Hollywood, you might go, oh, but he made that into that a ma- magical story. He gave us Jean Dujardin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, he gave me Bernice. Bernice Bejou. Bernice Bejou, or Bernie, <laughs> as she's also known, back west. Uh, and she's in this movie as well. Yeah, she is. She's fab. See, I can pronounce the other name for it, which is what Godard Monamore. Godard Monamore. Yeah, mm. that's pretty much it. I think they should have left it at Godard Monamore. It's a lot easier. And then I think people would kind of be more attracted to the movie because his name yeah. is in the title. Yeah. Karen, have you watched much French cinema in the past? I have. I, I've, I've studied uh, film. I haven't seen. Uh, there's still so much I have to ha- have to see and. Uh, is one of the things I liked about this film is that you sort of have this image of sometimes of French cinema, and some of it is correct, it can be, be a little navel-gazy and serious. And I think that this film sort of addresses that because it's very playful. Mm. Um, it was very easy to show Godard is this almost sort of pretentious, you know, soboristic kind of self-centered guy, which he kind of is and which the film addresses, but it mm. also shows him his very playful... Um, d- deep thinking, but also able to kind of make fun of himself. And I think the film is a kind of love letter to French cinema, mm. but it also it's not afraid to kind of poke fun at these mm. sacred cows yeah. as well. And it's yeah. it's very playful and it's kind of funny. And as Jean-Luc Godard gets more kind of serious, so does the film and so does his relationship. But it, it, it never stops stops being funny. Um, I, I mean, there's a mention of, when Lisa mentioned about Cannes being cancelled, there's a great bit where one of his friends gets his film. That's brilliant. <laughs> his, 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 one of his best friends, shall we say, who's one of his, like, uh, his critic friends who has a movie premiering at Cannes and they cancel Cannes and he is just in bits. Yeah. And they have this row that goes on for hours. The r- entire journey back from Cannes to Paris, which is a very long mm-hmm. journey back in 1968, you know, those little cars. Yeah. And five people st- squashing the car and there's just this fight that goes on and on and on and it's just it's brilliant yeah and Godard, Godard is like uh, you know one of the guys responsible for having can <laughs> cancelled and there's this guy who's about to have his movie mm. premiered and yeah. they're just shoved in together in the car I, I could have oh. watched that all, all day that was I bet you they filmed more of that I, I they probably had so. to cut it yeah it was really good excellent have you been following much of what has been happening in Cannes this week yeah, I, I, I have been. I've obviously been following the, the protest from Kate Blanchett and mm. the is it the other eighty two two women. Eighty three, I think. So yeah, I found that I found that very interesting. And I was also noticed that Jean Luc Godard did a press conference through FaceTime mm. uh, at Cannes as well. So he's still causing a storm of some sorts over there. And I also heard that a hundred people walked out of Lars von Trier's new horror film. What a surprise, yeah. Lars von Trier. Your movies are terrible. Can I ask you something, Lisa? No, it was just oh something God. I was worried about. <laughs> Seeing as we're going down this road. <laughs> okay, rabbit hole. What, what did you think of the, the nudity in Redoutable? Redoutable. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was fabulous. You know, it was French. It was fabulous. Sorry to offend all my French friends. I love doing that accent. Anyway, no, there's nudity in the movie, but it's not grotesque. It's not like sexy. It's just it's just nudity for the sake of this nude. is a French movie. We're just putting some nude in it. And they say that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's really good. I, I, I did think at the start that, OK, they're obviously really kind of sending up the French film, but also having their sort of cake and eat it too, you know, yeah. you know, because there is quite a nudity, but they do balance it out quite cleverly yeah. later on in the film. I it's wonder if there good. anyone listening now saying, 
Actually, I might go and see that movie now. <laughs> yeah, do. Like that see fa- the movie. Support French cinema. <laughs> like the, the Father Ted sketch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Passion of Centibulus. Oh, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> Out of five? Four. Quatre? We? Oui, quatre. You got it? <laughs> That's going to quatre. Are you doing four as well? Oh, that was supposed to be two. Oh, for God's sake. No, I'm trying four. Okay. Four <laughs> across the board. Four across okay. the board. We're Class. in sync. Yeah. Absolutely. Merci beaucoup. Oh, de rien. Ça va? Je vous en prie. <laughs> I feel like I'm Del Boy at every, every <laughs> Okay, that is a new movie. Godard Mon Amour is what I'm going to call it because I think that was you its can, original You can, but they title. won't find it if they say that. It's redoutable. <laughs> Or redoubtable. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> right now, let's take a look at what is making the headlines in the world of film and TV. <laughs> TG Carr and the Arts Council have announced that the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, the BAI, has joined them as a partner on the arts documentary scheme, I, Donna, with a budget of 120k being made available for landmark documentaries which will have a theatrical window before it's broadcast in a primetime slot on TG Car. So th- that is really for those interested in making an ambitious and cinematic long-form documentary on wow. the arts in Irish. Excellent. <laughs> now, applications must be made to the Galway Film Centre no later than 5pm on Thursday, the 21st of June. So the clock is ticking. This is fantastic and I I think I've said it a few times in this is like the TJ Gahar make excellent documentaries and they're not just good TV documentaries like the last few have been extremely extremely cinematic Um, and I remember I think The Pipe came out Mm -hmm. had had a brief release in the cinema uh, Richie O'Donnell's amazing film uh, and then it was shown in TJ Gahar not long afterwards and that that was it's an excellent documentary and I I think this this is great you know Um, it's one of the things as well that I often think that a lot of Irish short films should be shown in the cinema before films, and it's yeah, great. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I I just don't know why we do it, and I'm sure that there's some technical reason or or some distribution some te- rights or, or distribution something. rights. But I'm sure, you know, there's we go in and you have to watch ten minutes of advertisements before a film. Like even in the ten minutes before that, why don't we show some of the Irish short films that we as taxpayers are paying for anyway through through different funds and that? And I'm sure if if people like me and other people who like short films will go 10 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. And if, if nobody goes, we, we've lost nothing. And because most films are done digital till now, the distribution process would, would cost nothing to get these films to the cinema. Mm. So this is almost like an extension of this, that you're going, you're going to get a show that, a film that's going to be a documentary that's going to be screened on TG Cahar, but also going to get a cinema release. And that's great for filmmakers. It's good for audiences. And you get double exposure. You get this, the advertisement from, the cinema, mm-hmm. and then you get the TG Gahar advertisement. So mm-hmm. I think this is great, and, and it's, it's a step in the right direction. And in other news, Galway City of Film, in partnership with Galway Film Centre and the Galway Film Flower, are delighted to announce that the One Minute Film Festival is back at this year's FLA. Film enthusiasts get to make a one-minute HD film based on any subject or any story. The best 30 by one-minute films will be selected by a panel of judges, and they'll be screened at a public event at the Film Flan this year, there are cash prizes of up to 250 euro for the best three films. And deadline for that is Tuesday, the 5th of June. But that's that's a cool incentive as well for, 
just to get people together who want to make something, just go and do it. Mm, exactly. There are no more excuses. Well, there you go. That's kind of the important news items, I think, anyways, making the headlines this week. Thank you, Lisa and Kieran, for joining us today. De rien, Fauteroz, etc. Et Bonjour. Ça va? <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, as I said at the start of the podcast, everyone really seems to be in Cannes this week. They've all promised, though, that they will do interviews with us when they get back from sunny, sunny France. Sunny France, sunny southwest, Sud-Est de France, Côte d'Azur. What do you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> from the sun. They'll come back to the grey clouds again. So this week we are going to dive back in to the archives and this is an interview I conducted a few years ago with the great actress herself, Jessica Lang. Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie. Now I'm delighted to be joined by Oscar-winning actress Jessica Lang. Jessica, you're very welcome to Galway. Oh, thank you. I love Galway. The early 80s started off very good for you. You got the Oscar in 1982 for Tootsie. And then the next uh, three films that you worked on, you also got Oscar nominations. And your performance in Francis, which was about the life of Francis Farmer. And it was, I remember seeing it when I was very young, and it was a very intense performance. How would you compare your style of acting back then in the early 80s to your performances now? Well, I mean, basically, I'm still approaching the work the same way. You know, it's the technique that you learn, and it's the way you know how to do something. Um, you hope that you evolve as you go along and you're bringing more and more to it, you know, as far as what your life experiences and, and what you've learned technique-wise along the way. But I would say I'm basically working in a very similar way. I mean, my approach has always been to kind of come from the inside out to try to find a core to the character, you know, the emotional life of that character and then you kind of add the textures, you add the layers from there. But I think in some way it's changed in the way I approach a character maybe now. Have you ever had the, the dark days where you were just like, oh, I hate acting, this just isn't for me, um, I want to do something completely different with my life? Oh, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, I'm at a point now where I think, how much longer do I really want to do this? How great it would be just to kind of like throw everything that I know aside and encounter something brand new. You have spoken up before about the current president of the United States, George <laughs> W. Bush. Would you like to go down the political route and kind of highlight issues that are important to you as a director? No. I mean, I'm very political by nature in that, you know, I've been an outspoken critic about, uh, uh, of George Bush's for, you know, the last eight years. But the only piece I really felt strongly about ever directing was based on a book called um, Machine Dreams, which was a beautiful, really beautiful kind of multi-generational story that ended with the Vietnam War. And, I mean, that that's probably as political as I would get, but I, I don't think I've got the mindset to do, like, a political drama or political thriller or anything like that. Barack Obama now has won the Democratic Party as a nominee. <laughs> I can see the smile on your face. First of all, do you think it would be a great move for your country? And secondly, do you think it's good for actors to get involved in kind of standing beside, you know, those who they admire as the next best leader for the country? 
Well, I did campaign for Obama during the primaries. Uh, I felt really strongly about his candidacy. So I did, I campaigned, um, and I will again, you know, during the presidential run. But, I mean, that's really as a citizen more than, you know, like celebrity or whatever. I mean, I, I just feel that people have to, we are at such a crucial place in our country right now that if the citizenry doesn't wake up and start paying attention, it's like we've been under this kind of, I don't know, it's like narcolepsy or something, you know, this, this kind of anesthetized state this country has been in. I think it's, it's been a dangerous time in our country, and I think now that there is a moment where we could kind of halt the downward spiral that we have been on, and uh, if we don't, like, I, I, I don't think we can entirely reverse it immediately because I think the damage that has been done is generational. It'll carry on and carry on. But I do believe that at least we can arrest it and maybe start to turn it around. And I think the only person that can do that is Obama. Finally, what has been the most enjoyable experience you have had with working with a particular actor? Well, I mean, I can't say there's one. I mean, I loved working with Nicholson. I had a great time. I loved working with Tommy Lee Jones. There are certain actors that you would kind of fall in love with them, and Tony Hopkins, you know, you're so in awe of their talent and just thrilled to be in their presence every day. So, I mean, I've been lucky that way. I've worked with some great directors, and I've worked with some great actors. Jessica Lang, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie. Well, thank you for listening to Just Like in the Movies brought to you by gkmedia.ie. Don't forget, if you are a filmmaker out there and you want to get the word out there about a project or movie that you have made, you can get in touch with us, movies at gkmedia.ie. And uh, please do continue to spread the word about us in a positive way on your social media channels. Uh, We can't take negativity. (laughs) Negative ways will be censured. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher. And you can also go to the website gkmedia.ie as well, where you can listen to all the podcasts there and get to see what Kieran and Lisa look like. Ah. Uh, <laughs> do we have an Airtel page? <laughs> <laughs> you can also fax us to one. <laughs> Share the love on Bebo. <laughs> oh. Anyways, listen, folks, thanks a million for popping into us. Can't believe we're halfway through the first series. Just like in the movies. Mm. Just like in the movie. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.